the rest of this music. <laughs> Good evening, y'all. Hey, y'all. What's up, what's up? Welcome to an episode, a new episode of the Sea at the Table. Oh, I my am goodness. Your host, uh. What's your name? <laughs> Dr. Zoe, I guess. Ah, future Dr. Zoe. Here oh. with my lovely co host, Lady Z, hey. in the house. So. Yeah, so I'm also just going ahead and put that out there because share it's been made official. Yeah, I got my paper papers yesterday, y'all. So as of October seventh, um, I have been officially accepted into my clinical study program. So I'm excited. <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah, to contain yeah. myself. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so yes, the future doctor is in, yes, Man, we here, Dr. Zoe in the house, so I'm excited, so y'all just pray that I finish strong and um, complete everything, because we're not going to talk about how these teachers trying to kill me with these papers and this grading, but it's like sabotage, it's not that part, but we're not going to put that out there, Lord Mm -hmm. knows I'm going to finish with A's, so with that being said, amen. So this today's topic is going to be on, <laughs> and she's yeah. laughing because she has a lot to say. That's why she's laughing because she waits for me to go there, y'all. I'm like, oh, you ready? Yes. You ready, ready? So we are talking about transitions and transitioning Ooh. today because I don't know. It just seems like a lot of death has been happening. Yeah. And that's like the ultimate transition. If you yes. are in Christ, it's the it's the ultimate thing. It's like, all right, you're done here. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, yeah. If you're not in Christ, it's a little bit of a different situation. Right. But amen. Yeah, but yeah, it just seems a lot of transitioning things have been happening. I know for some people, they've lost close family members. Um, I know my pastor, he lost his father. Uh, may God rest his soul. Um, he passed away. Um, what is it? The boy who testified at the trial. He got oh, killed, yeah, too. He killed. Joshua Goodness. Brown, he passed away. And then... Um, Botham Jean's trial, you guys. <laughs> yeah, Botham Jean's trial, yes. Uh, he, he passed... Yeah, again, he passed away. And then just... Um, I know, Lady Z, you lost somebody my close aunt, to you, too. My, we buried my aunt last weekend. My cousin was buried yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I lost another cousin about a month and a half ago. So it's been very interesting. <laughs> yes, and then yeah, I know several people who lost close close loved ones too. So it's just a lot of transitioning happen happening. Um, one chapter is closing, another one's beginning. Some good, some bad, but I think ultimately it's for the good, and so that's kind of what mm-hmm. the direction I want to focus on in in transitioning. Um, is is that I think we look at transition, you know, particularly death, as you said, being the ultimate transition. We look at it with fear, with you know what's what's going to happen. We don't know because you know even I mean even with even with like even with the news I got, I was still I still couldn't believe it. Mm-mm. Y'all should have heard him. And I was, and I'm, and, and I was, want to st- say nothing. and I was still overthinking it because, again, as Lizzie was talking about, like, you know, it's, you know, certain teachers you feel like is going to try to hold you back, and then even if you do pass and finish, you're kind of wondering, like, 
what's going to happen, like, in the program, like, are you going to be able to handle it, like, are you ready, you know, all of this stuff, you know, and, and I think these are, like, common things that come up, it's like, we're wondering, I know you, I know you talked, spoke on this, too, of, like, all that comes with transitioning and like y'all, we the ups talk and downs about it. You know and all when we of get that. into it because I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> y'all, she got a whole lot to say on I this. So. I'm like, I didn't even have to prepare for this one. This is real life right here. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, so I think just, I think transitioning in and of itself for though, I mean, if you want to define it, if you will, is essentially a, a, a shift or a move from one place to another it could be you going from one job to another or you going from one job to no job or you're um you know in the process of waiting for something you're you know you're um you know leaving one thing behind and walking into another so it's you know transition transitioning or transition deals a lot with in essence change and you know a lot of people change for them is scary and change for them is a lot to take in so i'm just looking at the fact that you just did a perfect definition (laughs) because i'm looking i was like well let's just look up the definition i'm like well that actually sounded good and then i look and i'm like it's literally what it says the process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another yeah. So good job, Mr. Uh, Webster's Dictionary. You know. We don't own the rights to that either, y'all. <laughs> I look. She looked it up as I was saying it. I sure so. did. You said a good thing. All right, look, but. I did. You said that right. And y'all, we was definitely, I don't know how in the world this We had a whole moment. A whole moment for like <laughs> almost an hour while uh, we were waiting on the equipment to charge up. Um Yes, listening to all it's interesting because the songs um, that we were listening to were all from like two thousand late nineties, if we're gonna yes. be honest, yeah, up, up until about two thousand four, two thousand five, and we we're just like going through the shifts of how hip hop changed mm-hmm. in that time, right? And it's just interesting because some songs we thought of where I was in high school. And then the next song uh, that we thought of, he was in high school and I was in college. And I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh! Like, and you just think about the time. It's interesting because music is all is a, a lot of times used as a staple or a marker for the transition. That's how some people remember that things happened the way mm-hmm. they did is because of a certain song that came out. And I was y'all my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got our whole lives my over whole here. Life, like for real, I was like, I know how I was in college at that time. I know what I did with mm-hmm. that song. We ain't gonna get started. Thank God for deliverance. Amen. Yes, and I still remember lyrics. So God help us all. <laughs> we all do, but but it's but it's interesting though, and I feel like we should start. I think we should start there. Just mm-hmm. going from going from high school into college, mm-hmm. and then college into the w- real world, and like you know, I, and I and I and I can say that because I think speaking personally for me, I didn't go straight. Even though I wanted to go straight into college, I went the junior college route and then into college. That's still so, into college. And so, just I think that whole transition is like it's scary at first initially, and like even and even when you leave that one that one institution and step into another. In like the first couple of weeks, and then like before you know it, it's like you're just in the groove of things. That's true. And so it's like, 
I think it's I think it's that initial hump of okay, like this is what See, we got to do. Look, and his your story is a lot different than mine because I was like, I gotta get out of San Diego, <laughs> born and raised, right? San Diego, California. <laughs> And I refused to go to a junior college there because a lot of the people that I knew, and it wasn't necessarily, I mean, you have, you have um, people that are d- just different, um, different lifestyles, of course, in mm-hmm. San Diego that make up a city. And I'm not even just talking about certain people, um, you would say, of more of a socioeconomic, more minor, mm-hmm. minority, urban situation. Mm-hmm. Even people that didn't grow up in the urban situation, if you will, and I'm just going to leave that there and let y'all figure that one out. Um, <laughs> it seemed like a lot of my um, a lot of my classmates and people I grew up with, they kind of got stuck when they went to a junior college. Like, I didn't see a whole lot of people mm-hmm. finish. And I was like, I don't want to be in San Diego having kids. And I, and I don't knock anybody that that you know that's their life you that is a yeah, blessing to be a parent like it, it, is. it is a blessing beyond uh, everybody can't do it and god uh, god truly has blessed the parents to be parents so mm-hmm. i don't knock that i just didn't want to get stuck in san diego because i i know i had conversations with people they're like i feel like i'm stuck and they're just kind of there and now and not now but like even a couple of years after that because of certain situations it was like i i can't move now like i have more responsibilities mm-hmm. and so i didn't i didn't want that to be me so my thing was get me out of here um, <laughs> <laughs> completely out of get me out of here for real uh-huh. and i went to uh my last resort Cal State Dominguez Hills, unfortunately, was my last resort. If I had it my way, I would have gotten in on a music scholarship at UCLA, but we're not going to talk about that. Anyways, so, um, and I mean last resort, y'all, I got admitted to Cal State Dominguez a week before classes started and had to do everything. And mind you, I was 17, so my mama had to do everything, so she had to take off for a week, come up to L.A. and just... We had to figure everything out up here. And I'm like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know nothing. Everything. I couldn't sign for nothing. Uh, she knew because she worked as a counselor at a junior college many moons prior. So she was like, okay, so this is what we got to do. This is what we got to do. Here's your class schedule. <laughs> and there you go. And, yeah, that was my transition. I was 17 going to and, and culture shock major because of how I grew up. And where the school was and the just the different neighborhoods around a lot of different people. I didn't grow up around a lot of people that are my color downside. So going to school in a place that's known for being um, predominantly black and then you're right by Compton. Yeah, culture shock major. Aziza was all kinds of lost at 17. In dorms, a hundred miles north of where her parents are. So I was like, "Okay, this is what we're doing. All right, right. And that's what I wanted to do. That that was my thing." And then after that, honestly, that was my one major transition. That was like, "Oh my gosh!" Other than that, I didn't have a whole lot in that regard, school wise. But I did have more as an adult, for sure. Yeah, because I was gonna yeah. say like my culture shock was that I think. Ironically, because I because I was I was born I was born in LA, but then we moved to the Valley and I went to elementary school there. So I grew up with a lot of diverse, different groups of mm-hmm. you know kids from different ethnic backgrounds. So mm-hmm. when we when we when we moved and I was starting middle school, it was we were we were living in Lamar Park, 
and then we and then we took a and then we and then I remember we had to take I remember I took the school bus for the first time. Well, not the first time. I'm sorry. We took the school bus to a school in Santa Monica. So my mom hearing the school being in Santa Monica, she was like, "Oh, it's a good school, good district, no problem." Mm-hmm. But in getting there, ironically, it was a predominantly minority school so it was, okay. it was a lot of my people um hispanic latina ex my brothers and sisters and i think there may have been i think like maybe two or three white people there wow it was it's a Santa few Monica. yeah it was like a hand it was like a handful but that's predominantly that's that's it was it was a predominantly minority school because i think a lot of people Went a lot, a lot more Caucasian people went to Palms mm. than where we were, than where I went. Okay. So, um, and they were kind of like nearby each other. So that was that was my culture shock because it was the first time I was around my people, and it was I was I was a Radio Disney kid. So a lot of the music that they were listening to, I wasn't allowed to listen to. So they was they was rapping. You know, Cisco, Kaya, Youngblood, all them, and I'm over here like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is all this? Like, because I'm gonna keep it real with y'all. Like, my mom and I and I should and I told ladies either is like my mom. The closest thing I got to FM was Steve Harvey's Morning Show. That was the closest I got to <laughs> FM. I occasionally listened to 105.9 oh, after that, but. Yeah, Power 106 was like that was like the other thing, and that was with my dad. Um, but he but he worked like in the evening, so it was running my mom picking us up. So she would kind of I think after a while she kind of let listen to FM, but it was mainly I was like Radio Disney kids. So I was like, I mean I knew there was like I knew a few black songs, but I didn't know the <laughs> hip hop so to speak. So like. <laughs> You can imagine, like, me going there, sixth grade, like, sixth, seventh grade, like, and people rapping these songs, and you just like, what is this? <laughs> but then again, it's like, you're curious, so it's like, I want to know, like, <laughs> so that was my culture shock in a whole number of ways. So, man, yeah, it was, I found my <laughs> blackness in a white neighborhood, which was... <laughs> A whole, it was a whole irony, but yeah, yeah. I have no comment on that one. <laughs> but over, but overall, though, aside from a, aside from a few hiccups, it was an overall good experience. Like I think, um, I think, I think, I think, in, yeah, I would say that experience. Aside from, along with my high school, which was kind of like the same situation, even though we was more in South Central at that point, it was like. Yeah, a lot of, I think a lot of the transitioning and growth happened, I think, once I got into college and then started moving towards adulthood because mm-hmm. it was like, it's like, okay, now you're on your own. Now you have to be more financially responsible. You have to think about everything, bills and all sorts of stuff. So I wish I did have that. <laughs> I did not. Oh, my goodness. There is... Oh gosh, yeah, no, that was not my uh, my story as far as the spending is concerned. I did not, my I was not taught too well in that regard. And I'm not gonna say I wasn't taught too well. Uh, the one thing I was taught was to work. I always needed yeah. to work, and 
I knew that if I wanted something, I had to work for it. Um, and so I did. I've been working since literally under the table since 13. Um, with the minute I could get a, a worker's permit, a work permit at like 15, I, I got it and I used it. So I had... I had that under my belt, so I wasn't like one of the just spoiled kids mm -hmm. because I saw my mom and my mother right. was the breadwinner and actually in her retirement still the breadwinner. Uh, makes more than I do when I work a regular job um, uh, still. So that's what I saw and that's what I wanted to be. So I, I guess that was the one my one saving grace if you will was that i like to work the downside is that i as far as saving and now i'm bigger on investing and things of that nature but as a kid oh i was dumb i was dumb y'all <laughs> <laughs> i i had I, and then i started working in movies and things like that and so working on sets i i got paid not too badly i was able mm. to buy two cars at the same time and aziza bought two cars <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, and um, I mean, was able to. I financed them for the most part, but uh, yeah, that was that was probably one of my dumber moves um, about fifteen years ago. So yeah, you know, not gonna talk about it. <laughs> not gonna talk about it. But y'all, so I, you just made me think about it because you said Bill's responsibility, and I was like, dang, I did not get responsible about that. Well, that well, no, well, no, it's funny though because it's like. It was, and, and, that, and see, for me, it was kind of the opposite. So it was like, I wanted to work, mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, I couldn't, I could, nobody wanted to take me. So I was literally in that catch 22 where it's like, okay, I need, okay, I want to work, but I need experience. So it was like, nobody's trying to take a chance with me. So I'm like, what? So I think I definitely learned how to, I definitely saved what little I got. Mm -hmm every chance I could because it was like you know I, I mean as I'm trying to apply and look for jobs it was like I'm trying to save my money mm -hmm. so that I think in that instance that kind of that kind of definitely motivated me to I think to utilize the resources at my at, at my college of like you know of saying like what's you know getting my resume looked at getting things mm -hmm. doing it and I actually thank and I actually thank my counselor at my college because she def she definitely she definitely broke it down to where like I d I was like had two jobs in one mm -hmm. and she did she was able to do that for me so that definitely helped me out and you know and so I think you know as as we again as we speak of transitioning like you know having those things and kind of preparing you know, I mean, even at the time we don't know it it's sometimes, but mm -hmm. those are the things that that are preparing you for the next step. Mm -hmm. That, you know, whether it's, you know, learning how to do a resume or learning how to financially save your money, you know, mm -hmm. learning how to prioritize bills and things like that. Like, it's preparing you for that next stage. Or some people call it level. I'll just say that next stage because... Yeah. You know, it's kind of, it's really like as life and as the Lord kind of moves through your life, mm -hmm. he takes off those training wheels of, okay, you can handle that. Okay, let me take this off. Okay, you can handle that. Okay, let me take this off. And then before you know it, you're right, you, you know, you're riding along on your own. You know, it's, you just made me think about your experiences. Like, that's a blessing because I, 
I didn't get that. Like when it comes to my resume and everything, Microsoft Word templates. That's literally how I learned how to do anything. Yeah. Like it was all experiential. Because unfortunately, like for for college at, at Dominguez, it was just too many people. I think I saw my counselor once at Dominguez. That's so interesting. And you would think because college as much for as five minutes. Yeah, because you would think a college would be the one place where it's like, hey, you want resume building stuff like that, like. We yes. offer this, like you would think that. Yeah, and they and mind you, they had all these services, mm-hmm. but it was just too hard to, like financial aid and stuff like that. Like if my mom actually, I took, um, I, I paid attention to what she did, yeah, and I did that. So the catalog, I found, I literally yeah. went through what my mom told me I should do. Like literally, I was in orientation. I told you about this. Mm-hmm. I was in orientation, um, for college, and my mother sat there paid attention to whatever the dude was saying and was looking through the catalog and made my whole schedule for the four years I'm supposed to be there. Wow. Literally. And by semesters, what I needed to do. And I was like, okay, so I kept that. And then whenever I messed up, cause I did, um, <laughs> <laughs> whenever I was working too much and needed to mm-hmm. switch things around, yeah. I did. And I was still able to graduate in a pretty good timing. And then, unfortunately, um, they were also having strike issues with uh, the Cal State system. Yeah, uh-huh. So it that. also pushed us back because we, ha- I literally had to wait an extra year to do my thesis because of the strikes. Mm-hmm. So it, it threw us off a lot. And, I mean, I, I thank God for whatever intuition that he gave because it was all him because I when I say I didn't have any assistance I didn't start really getting assistance till I was in my major for real but when I was in my major for real I also got my um I got an internship with KTLA channel 5 which I ended up working for later but that I don't how I passed I don't even know because I did that and then I started working on movies to get more because I wanted to be in the movie industry so mm-hmm. That's what we did, y'all. Look, fly by seat of pants. That is so. That is so interesting though, because that was something like I. That's something I kind of I took the initiative to learn myself because, you know, and and that's the thing, and it's and it's not so much a knock against colleges, but it's like you really have to kind of know your major, like yeah. what you're looking for. I mean, you have to know what classes you're taking. You have to essentially. And that's one thing I'm glad my dad always taught taught us, and that is is that. Be about your business. Know your business. It's like, and that was always my mindset going, I mean, just throughout life from college until now, it's like, know what you, have a plan, know what you're going to do, you know, yeah, ask questions if you don't understand, but for the most part, know your stuff. So to hear that your mom was doing that, like I was, I was kind of doing, I I remember doing that as I went, like remembering like, okay, these are the classes I need to take. You know, this is what I got like doing that on my own because, mm-hmm. you know, even like even though I had I I knew I had my parents I could call. You know, those those like those are one of those things where it's like, no, I want to know this for myself. I want to do this for myself because, again, as you know, again as you get older, and it's true as we mentioned about death, it's like you're not gonna have a lot of these people. You're not gonna have these resources there for too much longer. So you have to kind of know. And learn and get that practice. And so, whether you mess up, because I know I messed up, double dipping in classes I didn't need to, <laughs> or double paying on bills I didn't have to. Yeah, that happened. Mm. But, yeah, just, you know, you kind of learn these things. 
Man, I made fly by seat of pants, okay? No, have you ever heard that? Especially I never fly heard by, of that. Fly by the seat of your pants. Like, literally, you, you made it barely is pretty much what that is. And that was me all day. Like, if I, if I could say the only reason why I graduated was truly God. Because it shouldn't have happened. The way that stuff was, yeah, stuff, it should not have happened. <laughs> I will say that all day. Because mm-hmm. was, it wasn't so much that I was not studious and I didn't take everything seriously. It was that I was doing too much. Yeah. Like, um, for KTLA, I was there at least twice a week. Three times a week, actually. I was there three times a week. Um, I was working on movies in production as well and that's usually an 18 hour day yeah, it all is. day uh-huh. I was uh, most of my classes like um, at that point I was doing mostly major classes I had some um, some GE gen ed courses mm-hmm. and I would just have those on a random day in the morning early in the morning so right. that I could just bump and leave and go up to LA go up to LA go up to Hollywood wherever I needed to be at um, and yeah I how I passes beyond me I, I took on way too much. I was doing 15 units. I think I worked on probably at least three or four films before I graduated and that was in like a two year span. No, it was about six films and that was in about two and a half years span. And KTLA, I ended up getting hired at. I worked with them for about two years as well, almost three. So yeah. And then I, when I left KTLA, it was I was finishing up my degree, mm-hmm. and I was gonna go for uh, Disney Animation. Was in um, was oh gosh yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it literally came to that point. I, I think why I graduated is because I did not do it. Like I literally had gone through about three or four different interviews with Disney, and it was like, uh, well, you got to be here sixty hours, and it was between that or my thesis. And I chose my thesis. I was like, bro, I'm in, we're in debt because of this. I've been doing this for too long. I do not want to have to come back here and do any of these classes. So we're just going to do the thesis and I will figure it out after. And I, I could not get a job in the industry after. I got a couple of internships doing some post-production stuff. But that was it. Like nothing permanent. Like mm-hmm. Disney was going to be permanent. But I thank God it didn't really work out like that even though I kind of wish I did it mm-hmm. I'm, I, I don't regret not doing it like I'm yeah. happy that degree's done that part is done right. and my life is completely different now I don't even do communications anything <laughs> <laughs> I don't do public relations anything I don't do production anything like my life is nowhere near what it used to be and that was like 12 no 10 years ago yeah 10 years ago and I think and, I, and in hearing that it really speaks to I think you know, again, in talking about leaving one state from another, leaving that the hecticness because because that that business is, Crazy. I mean, it's show business. It's like you're constantly working, you're constantly doing this. You know, you're working on something for like months, close to years on end, just to put just to put out something, and then you're automatically on to the next thing. Legit, and it's just like. It was, I started, literally when I started school at Dominguez, I started doing extra work because I thought I wanted to act. I really honestly wanted to act, sing, and dance if we're going to be real truthful. But I was not very received. Y'all, I'm on the thicker side. So I was not received that well in my first couple of meetings with management. Wasn't that they didn't want to take me, but they wanted to take me and then change me. 
So that, that wasn't gonna work. I was like, I gotta do something else. And so it transitioned eventually into production. Yeah. But it didn't start off like that. I, I knew I was gonna be a singer, an actress, and a dancer. I was gonna be triple threat. Yeah, <laughs> triple no. threat. Yeah, no. <laughs> so everybody like a triple threat. Ah. I mean, can do it all, but I didn't. I, I did, man, and mm. that's where UCLA came in to uh, my auditions. But I got sick, and I couldn't be a first soprano during my audition, and I didn't have enough recordings to cover that. So UCLA was out the door. Um, they needed more recordings from me doing stuff on my own instead of being in groups. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I did not get into UCLA because I definitely wanted to get into that if I had gone undeclared, different situation. It's like it's interesting with transition, the little things that you could have done or could have chosen to go a different way in um, could have changed everything. Yeah, because I, cause I always... Cause I always I always tell people all the time. It's like because I really, I really should have, and I forget, and I don't don't know why or how it's in my mind. But I really, want, I really wanted to double major in criminal justice while I wasn't undergrad. It <laughs> doesn't surprise me. And and I was just like, why did I do it? But then, but then actually, though, I actually know why I didn't do it was because after during during the time when I actually transferred in. The my major and then that major was heavily impacted. It was starting to get heavily impacted, so they yeah. weren't taking a lot of. I mean, unless you were, and that was the thing too. They were saying unless you had about, I think like a, it was some number of credits. I think you had to have like twenty one or twenty four units completed. Mm. They weren't. They weren't going to accept you in. So I couldn't. So. That so that I was kind of like hard. I was like a little disheartened about because I was like, dang, like I really wanted to double major in it. But but even before criminal justice even existed, it was psychology and sociology. That that all the detectives studied. Yeah. Up until criminal justice and forensic science and all yeah. that even existed. That's interesting. It is. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Schools are interesting. But, I'm gonna digress on that. Yeah, one. but it's it should but let it's, you in. I I mean, and I'm not, <laughs> and I don't even trip it though, honestly though, because it was like, you know, and kind of, and and that's one of the things like when you transition out, and you kind of live life, you kind of really see like, you know, again, where Lord wants you to go because, right. in doing this, in doing the field that the kind of work that we do. I mean, I knew I was, I knew I had a knack for it, but it's one of those things where I'm just like, this is really God's doing because, you know, you know, there's, there's plenty of times where I'm just like, what? But, and it's funny because I was watching, I was watching this video today. Actually, I actually typed in my story on Instagram, um, Lauren Hill, and she was her in that interview and she was talking about how she was like, you know. I felt like a lot of people want God to use them for like glory and fame and this and that. But she's, where she's teaching, talking to the yeah, students. she's talking to the students, oh, and she was talking about how like you know, but she was talking about you know like, but you know, you need to sometimes be humiliated too. And she was talking about you know when and and she used the example of you know somebody kind of you know abusing you and all of that, and she's just like you know he needs more love too. And all of that, I kind of look. I kind of look at the kind of work that we do as that because, you know, we're constantly, 
coming across people like you and I know you shared several stories of people coming to you on a whole nother level and it's like it's just something about having a conversation with them or like really taking the time to figure out what's going on do you really see like the impact that you have and so I'm just looking at your shirt y'all oh my god (laughs) (laughs) y'all he got this shirt that says keep talking I'm diagnosing you Yes, no, Stop. it says it on there. Oh Keep talking, gosh. I'm diagnosing you. I am a fan of this shirt. As it says that. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> I digress. But, it's, but no, I say that and it's, and it's ironic Ooh. when the shirt, because it's, it's not so much it's diagnosing, it's just really trying to figure out where in your life, where you stuck transition-wise. Because when, when we really break it down and look at it, people are stuck in between something. They're stuck, Ooh, some said, tra- they're stuck in some type of they're stuck in some kind of transition. Who you said a man? And so it's I'm trying like, not to talk too much. I didn't halfway talk. I'm trying to because I know you got a lot to say I, about this. You because you just I'm I can go off on a tangent with that. We'll go. Ahead. I really can't because I mean, like, if you based on what you just said, I thought of my parents and I thought of I thought mm. of people that I know and. And what you see where they have a frustration, like uh, case in point, I know somebody um, physically, their body isn't what it used to be and they are attributing it to age, but they're frustrated because at that spe- at a specific age, they were not able to con- to function as they did before. And so it's almost like, okay, the issue with the transition will probably be around, I don't, probably that person's fifties or their forties because now they're in their seventies and they're like, I can't do what I used to do. And so I'm like, okay, so (laughs) you just made me, you made me think about that. So it's like where the transition should have happened is also probably a place of frustration where you see they're the most frustrated. So that mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm I'm you talk. <laughs> but no, but no, and it's interesting because clinically speaking, like a lot of people's problems is because of that, like somewhere developmentally mm-hmm. something happened and you're stuck there. So it's kind of like your body grew, your body transitioned, your body got older, but your mind is still stuck in that transition period. I- and so you're constantly sliding up between because it's like you know, and that's kind of where a lot of the back and forth, the depression, anxiety happens because it's like, mm-hmm. you know very well where you need to be, where you want to be, but you're still hung up on some issue or some, or some unresolved traumatic, traumatic experience, experience that, mm-hmm, that you have yet to address. Mm-hmm. Thought of a coworker, um, <laughs> <laughs> And for her, uh, she's in her 50s and... It's interesting because her one of she has um, she's a fan of of Disney, mm-hmm. really big fan of of Disney. Like that's her thing, that's her happy place. Talk to her about it. There you go. But it's like that's it. That's mm. that that's literally it. Like she's smart, definitely smart. Does her job very well. I call and book her from time to time when I need help with things. Um, but Disney's her thing. And she will not get out of, like, that's her thing. She will have, that's the only conversation she's going to have. She might include um, other random things like, you know, got to get my glasses fixed. Like, literally, that's it, though. Mm. Anything else beyond that, she doesn't really 
she, those experiences aren't there and me and another actually another co-worker brought it to my attention she's like I think something happened to her when she was about 14 and the co-worker mind you doesn't even work in psychology or anything like that but she's just been she's been working with her um, my a mutual co-worker has been working with this specific one the Disney one um, for at least five years mm -hmm. and so she's noticing this and she literally said that to me and I was just like that's interesting and I just kind of like left it there but I've been paying attention and I'm like she might be right I don't know if something happened. Something had to have happened because, yeah, like adult experiences, doesn't talk about them too much. They didn't happen a whole lot. Right. She has friends. She's not, you know, a recluse, but that's evident. Mm -hmm. so. That's true. Yeah, the sign is there. The sign and the I, truth is I've there. Got some examples for you. <laughs> <laughs> It's true though, because I mean, but no, and that and that and that's and that really speaks to not just the work that we do, but again, when you spend enough time with somebody, you notice things, and it's you know, and if you really, and if you're really, really paying attention, you can kind of pinpoint. It's just like okay, something happened, or you know, they're kind of like very attached or very hung up on this, so mm -hmm. something related to this where. You know, to the other person, it's like, oh, they like it, or oh, this is like my escape, my happy place. But it's like, or something they harp on. But it's like typically, that's a covering for something, Ooh. or it's related to something that I mean, ultimately, yeah, or they're it's trying a to cover fear or something. Mm -hmm. Because I know for myself, mad self disclosure. I look at age, and I'm like, and I think the reason why, and I, I don't look my age. I don't even act my age. <laughs> I'm I'm just a little goofy from time to time. I ain't gonna say my age either, y'all. But anyways, so I I look at that and I my my bigger thing on age is because I was born late in life and so me being the age that I am, I've already experienced for the past nine years taking care of elderly parents mind you I'm in my mid-30s so we're talking I was like 25 26 when this started happening to me and I'm 25 26 but it's like I don't know what to do with this I'm still trying to you know get my life together and it's interesting because in what we've studied a lot of times they say the transitional time for that you're older than anybody's 25 you're like and you already have like your kids your family and then your parents so it's like you're in like your 40s when that becomes a situation but for me i was young and i'm now used to it but it's like i now i'm looking at age like i need to hurry up and have kids because i don't want my kids to go through what i'm going through or what i've had to go through i don't want to be in that position of I can't move around that much, I can't do this, or I can't even run behind my kids. And not so much not being in shape, because that's actually in place, but it's, oh my gosh, sorry, that's in place. But um, the issue is the age. So I'm looking at my age like ticking time bomb, instead of being like, I'm young. It's like, no, I'm too close to 40, or I'm too close to 50, mm -hmm. or not as close to 21 as I used to be. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And I think for and I think for women especially this it's it's a lot it's a lot to think about because I think you're speaking to a lot of a lot of a lot of um young adult and adult women's mentality. It's like, you know, because not just not just your actual age, but I mean biologically. Mm 
that clock. It's like, you know, it's 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 ticking closer. You're an at-risk pregnancy at the age of 36. 35, actually. So it's like, you know, it's, it's ticking. It's ticking. And so, <laughs> you know, that... And so, and, you know, the... That time, that time, that that time is is pertinent for you for you all. So it's like, you know, do you? And it's and it's funny because a lot a lot more women nowadays. Because I remember reading a study about it. It's like a lot more women nowadays. It's by the time they hit this, by the time they get to their thirties, it's like if they don't have all that. Either they deem or society deems, however you want to look at it, mm-hmm. as okay. I have okay. I'm married. You know, I'm in my career. You know, I'm kind of you know. I have you know. I want to have one or two kids by this point. It's like if they don't have these things, it's like for a lot of them, they're just like okay. I need to readjust. And that or I need to loosen my, stand, loosen my standards yeah, and my expectations. Or that. And so it's like, you know, it's interesting because it's, you know, again, as, as we transition, as we're constantly getting older, mm-hmm. you know, time moving forward, it's like having to adjust those quick adjustments, those quick like, okay, dang, wait, this isn't happening like how I wanted to. It's like, okay, I need to like come up with something like soon. Otherwise... I'm a something's gonna happen. And the thing is that that's not always the best way to go. Because mm-hmm. we do quick adjustments, but again, loosening standards or lessening standards or lessening our expectations on something, not just people. Um, and sometimes we, I, we as people in general, we put high expectations and high regards on certain things. And yeah, you probably are missing a blessing because you do that. Or it's the other way around and you have something in place yet because you see the fact that something needs to happen or you expected something to happen or look I was look I was supposed to have kids already supposed to be married already just like you said um, maybe I'm looking for uh, maybe the man that I'm looking for the woman that I'm looking for does not exist and that's what males and females go through it so then we're like, okay, well, maybe they don't need that. Maybe they don't have to be like that. Okay, we don't need all that. All right, no, forget that. Okay, well, cool. We just gonna take anybody, and we gonna make it happen. I mean, Strip. I mean, it's true. And sometimes when we do that, it's not just like lessening. It, we don't just like say, okay, they don't need this or they don't need that. It's like, well, sometimes depending on how desperate you are, if you if you're feeling desperate. Not saying that you actually are. Not saying the situation is even um, need in need of your desperation. But if you're feeling that, it's like, okay, well, scratch it. Nobody that I had in mind. Let's just pick who we find. If I got a connection, I can work with it. I can work with that. So right. you compromise with that. Compromise. But then you compromise with your destiny, too. Right. Ooh, I'm done. <sighs> Go ahead, so Look, let me... I was just over here because you got on. your word right here. So I was like, were you going to read something I, to I wasn't even get there yet. <laughs> I wasn't even there yet. Ooh, do not grow weary in well-doing for you will reap a harvest if you do not faint. Yes. <sighs> that is a scripture in the New Testament. And I will tell you where it's at in a second. <laughs> <laughs> 
do not grow weary. Look at you. They're doing good. <laughs> Gal- oh, oh, my gosh. Wait, I read that today. Wait a minute. Galatians 6, 9, y'all. Yes. I read that today. Hmm. Interesting. Go, Jesus. No, Go but Jesus. It, was a, it was a scripture of the day, too. Hold on. It was another, it was another one similar to that. It was... Um, hold on. It was... No, it was... No. Hold on, where are Okay, y'all, he got scriptures and stuff, so we <laughs> yes. No, because it, it was it was a it was a verse of the it was a verse of the day too. No, um, it's good Galatians six nine. <laughs> and I had a fit. I knew it was Paul. I just didn't know where y'all. Just you know. <laughs> knew it was apostle. Knew it was apostle Paul that said it. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I remember I remember seeing okay. it. You about to find it. So I guess we'll say You can start because I yeah, I'm looking for mine. We'll do the context of this because we I everybody thinks of that do not go weird and well doing. But <laughs> <laughs> but the verses before, so verse seven says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. Mm-hmm. Verse eight says, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit, big S, so the Holy Spirit, reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Whew. Okay. <laughs> That'll preach. Well. Whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. So if we're looking at transition and looking at how we transition, how things get, because some people get into a space where they're like, I don't even know how I got here. I don't even know what turn I made to get me here. And they're not in a good here, y'all. Uh, not so positive here. Like, I don't even know how I got here. I don't know what I did to get here. And the thing is, is that sometimes what we sow, we reap. And it's not in a lot of... In, to the side of that a lot of people limit that to you know oh you know i i lied or i i stole this and you know bad karma and it's like no it's a little bit deeper than that because if you sow out of desperation mm-hmm. you sow out of out of uh outside outside of what the lord is telling you to sow uh in any way so if it's desperation if it's um if it's impatience hello um anything to that effect you're going to reap that. You're going to reap um, the effects of impatience. You're going to reap the effects of of um, doing something out of desperation instead of out of God's timing. And I thank God because I remember when I was I've been engaged before, and those things did not happen the way I expected them to. They didn't pan out the way I expected it to. And it's good because if I look at all the stuff that I've been had the opportunity to do ministry wise Mm -hmm. and just in this life yeah no um i wouldn't trade it for the world and still wouldn't and even more so now even though i'm older even though that ticking time bomb um also called my uh, reproductive organ (laughs) (laughs) even though that stuff is getting older um I'm at this point, I'm not in a rush to uh, to find that one or not in a rush to fall in love. 
for what? Like, for me, it's for what? I understand I've been there, so I'm not speaking from a space of me not being in that position of not wanting or of wanting something, but being fulfilled in a position because I was like, all right, I, I tried to do it my way and it always fell apart. So it always, I mean, always did y'all. If I could tell you some stories, <laughs> we ain't got the time, but it always fell apart every time I tried to like, try to get a whole marriage together, got engaged. The Lord was like, shut it down. I'm like, oh man, okay, he's not it. All right, well, never mind. <laughs> so been there, done that. And at this point, it's not worth it because if you're not content in yourself, like in yourself, your relationship with God and who you are, if you don't find your contentment in that, a marriage is not going to bring that kind of contentment at all. It's going to be even worse because it's going to expose whatever you have not dealt with mm-hmm. because you can't look to the man or look to your, your, your wife expecting that that person to be what only God can be because they can't make you happy. Like they can't make you be joyous. Like not, not saying that you know things that they do and all of that good stuff. But you can't look to them for your sole purpose of happiness. You can't do that. You're putting godlike expectations on a human, yeah. and on your spouse, and it will strain a marriage. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if your contentment can't happen before, then I, I mean the thing is, if we're really if we're letting God do it, your contentment needs to happen before any marriage happens that's a true form of transition when you're when your relationship with the lord has taken on a life of its own and you are content in him and and you're not looking to things of this world you're not looking to other relationships to make you content that's where maturity is that's where growth is that's where Mm -hmm. healing can be that's where restoration can be yeah because i remember reading something today and it was so profound it was this it was it was one of the therapists it was one of the therapists whose page that i follow and she said and she was essentially alluding to the fact of for her and she kind of and she kind of summed up because because she had posed on those little question boxes Mm -hmm. and so somebody had asked a question that was like you know um like why is this particular day significant for you she kind of snapshot a photo and she was like um essentially she was saying you know that was a day where she found the lord for herself but she was essentially getting at the fact that the biggest mistake and this is something the spirit gave to me actually on the freeway when i was on my way over here Mm -hmm. the biggest mistake that i think a lot of people in the church do and just you know people um who have found or who have hopefully and i say hopefully because a lot of people in church ain't saved y'all but well for those who have found the lord for themselves um and you're speaking to somebody who's new or young in the faith or just even on the outside of it the biggest mistake you can do is put your is put your faith journey onto them and I say that being because we hear it all the time in in more and more in more or less words, and that is is that you know unless you unless you come to God unless you have this type of experience or unless you've gone through this you know yada 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 you know then you know then when you know Him and it's almost like you know again and like for somebody who's young in faith or somebody who's trying to understand this Christian walk, it's like they're gonna their minds are impressionable and this you have to think of it like a child. If you tell a child something 
they're going to naturally go out looking for it. It's like if you tell a child like, oh, you know, you know, you'll find the Lord if you if you if you if you sit under this tree and pray. It's like the child is literally going to do that. Like the child's going <laughs> to go to that tree almost every day and sit there for hours on end praying, hoping, wait for something to happen. You know, and sometimes it may happen, sometimes it doesn't, but it's really getting down to if it does happen, it's speaking to that person's faith. And I, and I say all that to say, allow people to come to God on their own. Allow them to have their own experience because how you find God is not the same way I found him. The way somebody else who's older in the faith may have found God is different from how somebody else may find them. So... By putting, by, you know, because again, we're here to be witnesses. We're here to be lights to people, mm-hmm. you know, in the midst of us helping people and all of that. Do not rob them of their own experience in their life because we don't know their lives. We don't know their upbringings. We don't know what they go through, right. even if we're working with them. So to say this is what you need to do, yeah, fundamentally, yes, but allow them as all of us have at some point of our lives, allow them to come to it on their own because that's how God wants them to do. He wants people to come to him seeking him, not because somebody told them or because out of desperation they need to because oftentimes, and I firmly believe this too, how we come to God is how we're, is how we're going, is how we're going to treat that relationship. Right. If you come to God out of desperation, you're only going to pray to God and speak to him out of desperation. (laughs) If you come to God because, oh, you have to, then you're going to treat it as if, okay, oh, I got to go to church. Oh, oh, I got to study my word. That's how you're (laughs) going to, that's how you're going to treat him. Right. It's like, come to him because you want to come to him because you realize as Lady Z was talking about, Lord, I need you. Lord, I, I see doing things my way. It's not getting me nowhere. Right. Let me try it your way. Teach me to do it your way. Mm-hmm. And when you come to him that way, that's how you're going to treat that relationship because you're going to see it's like, Lord, I do need you. I do need to do things your way. Well, look, I'm not even trying to hop in over here. I was like, <laughs> y'all, I done talked y'all's ear off today. I'm like, look, let Zoe and all his wisdom speak oh my already. Because I was like, well, you preaching. But but no, I just, I mean, I just say, and I say all that to say in terms of transitioning, in short, if nothing else, it's nothing to be afraid of. Transition is going to happen. Change is going to happen in life, whether we want it to or not. That's really the only constant in this world. Because right. if we come into this world, at some point you're going to leave this world. Hopefully later rather than sooner. So, you know, embrace change, embrace transitions because, and as Lady Z was getting at, ultimately there's a good in it. You know, she didn't share a lot of what she went through, but a lot of what she went through, yeah, it can seem scary, it can seem daunting, it can seem like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? But if if you fast forward to this point in your life now, well... I'm pretty sure you can attest and say that. What is going on? Sorry, I don't know what that was. Yeah, me. But yeah, fast forwarding though in your life, <laughs> um, I'm sure you can attest that those experiences made you better. 
Ooh, y'all, we might have to do a part two to this. Cause now I feel like we are. Because, this, yeah, <laughs> because transition my, is... the way this transition happened, because I'm no, I'm literally, I mentioned before, I don't do any of what I did uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I don't do any of it. Like, my entire life shifted. And I never thought that it would. I, I Well, I can't say that. In the back of my head, even when I was doing what I knew I loved to do, as far as movies and things like that, in the back of my head, I was like, I don't even think. Like, once I was done with school, done with my bachelor's, and I was considering uh, graduate school, though, y'all, I waited like eight years, after, seven years, seven years after to actually go back, um, after my bachelor's to go back for my master's. And in that, even when I was done with my bachelor's, I finished at a time when the t- entire economic downturn was yeah. full, full force. Nobody could get jobs. That's why I couldn't, like, I, they, Disney tried to wait on me and they did not have enough money uh, the next fiscal year, which would have been 2009. And yeah, I, I could not get a job in the industry if I tried. And it was because I had not made a big enough name for myself. Uh, in order to actually be able to, hey, hop back in there. And it, it wasn't working. It wasn't working. I had to go a completely other route. And even in the back of my head with all of me trying to do that and, and then potentially considering going for a master's in communications, I was just like, but I don't think I even want to do that for the rest of my life. That was what was in the back of yeah, my head. Yeah, we got to have a part two because, Ooh. yes, I don't know about y'all, but I want to hear that, but... You want to close us out? I mean, we got got like two minutes, so we shall don't. So, um, yeah, let's let's do that. Let's Let's close out real quick. Oh, Father God, you're amazing. We bless you. We love you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for. Lord, everything that you've taken us through to make us who we are, Father God, who you want us to be and what you are taking us through because we are still on this journey, Father. Mm -hmm. Let us um, cause us to acknowledge the fact that we are on this journey because you have ordained us to be on this journey Um, in everything in our lives, Father God. And even to have a perspective, Lord, that has the filter of Christ in it, looking at the past, looking at mistakes, looking at what we know to be good, whatever it may be, Father God, knowing that it all worked together for us to be here Mm -hmm. at this point lord to fully um to really embrace your to embrace you embrace your wisdom embrace this journey and and really do this for your glory thank you for that and i pray father god that for every person that will hear this every person that um, will hear it later whatever that may be whatever it looks like um lord that there will be an acknowledgement of you father god and even a request Mm. for you to come into um this life that uh, we've been blessed with and for you to take over in jesus name amen y'all amen all right, y'all. So be sure to uh, always follow us, DM us on Instagram. Love Beats and Heartstrings for myself. Say it loud, the movement. That's S S A Y it loud underscore the underscore movement. Look at him. Look at him. Baby Z up in here, y'all. So. Um, again, yeah, we will be coming back with part two because no. Lady G's gonna share her story. <laughs> if y'all ain't heard I'm me enough, touch on mine. But yes, so be sure to stay tuned for part two of this transition topic. Mm-hmm. So, peace, y'all. We'll be back. Let the church say, <laughs> "Amen." <laughs>